Welcome to another episode of the Marvel Guys podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan, and on my left is Spencer. How are we doing today? Oh, we're doing awesome. This is, uh, it's, it's been a great day already. Like, you know, going to, uh, support a good friend and, uh, man, it's such an awesome, uh, event too. I really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. Everybody, if you could um, like us on Facebook at the Marvel Guys Podcast, uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and leave a review if you're enjoying it. We really appreciate all of that. Uh, Spencer, what is today's uh, topic, and what are we going to be doing with it? Today is actually a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and uh, that would be toys, Uh, action figures, uh, and just kind of a reflection from our past uh and kind of where we're at now with it um it's our days of future past episode is what you're saying days of future past episode that's a great way of putting it absolutely i'm excited so where are we going to start here this one well we're getting a little bit of a reverse here i'm gonna let you take the lead yeah 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 um so what are like some fond memories that you have from the 90s like when we were kids growing up like what are some like really cool memories just shooting from the hip i was talking to um a student worker in my office the other day and i said the biggest things i remember from early childhood was running around playing in the driveway mm-hmm. uh dream sickles and Ooh. just many other popsicles dream sickles um those fudge sickles oh amazing <laughs> uh tang lots of tang oh yes dude <laughs> um boy bands mm, yeah and then big deal. as i was you know getting a little bit older into the you know early early 2000s uh venturing into more tv and uh you know finding my own way and in, in many pop culture stuff but early on it was a lot of playing outside popsicles mm-hmm. music and and just kind of having fun uh with friends out- outdoors right right I came from like a similar uh, background because I have a lot of those same memories of like being outside, playing basketball, playing football with uh, friends in the neighborhood. Uh, but specifically, I have like a very fond memory of like like toys I grew up with and just like advertisements of those same things. Like if we look back actually at the 90s specifically of things that were released, like you saw these things pretty much everywhere. Any friend house that you went to, you saw like the trolls or Furby or the Tamagotchi things. You remember those like the little keychains? Oh, yeah. uh, you saw Pokemon. Oh my gosh. Pokemon was so huge when we were kids. Um, Power Rangers were huge. Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all of those things were so, so culturally re- relevant in the nineties. But when I look at what I was really into at that time, um, I mean, I was kind of into Power Rangers, um, but the biggest thing for me was pro wrestling. Like I was just enamored with it ever since the first time I ever watched professional wrestling. Like I remember flipping through channels and it just so happened to land on a wrestling show. I don't remember if it was a raw I don't remember if it was WCW, but immediately, like after like maybe a minute or two of watching it, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. 
And then my mom walked in and was like, turn that crap off. <laughs> and I loved it. Right. <laughs> it was literally because of that. Um, and I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't not watch it. And then I, you know, came across several friends that I was playing basketball with and stuff in the neighborhood that really loved it too. And we just never really talked about it that much. Um, so when it came to toys, it was easy that that was the thing that I really gravitated towards was because, I mean, we all kind of had something growing up. Like we all had like Hot Wheels or something that was just kind of like there. Legos. Legos was, was huge. Um, but like that was where I think it was like wrestling action figures, Batman and Marvel, like all three of those things was really where like my creativity and like that sort of like mindset really took over. Like I was so imaginative, uh, with these things and that's where all of that like spurred from. The nineties were a good time. Um, being born in, in the early to mid nineties, we, we aren't like the truest of nineties babies cause the eighties no. babies have that claim. Yeah. Um, it, it's a weird world where everybody wants to be born or about 90s kid because it's yeah. like so popularized. Yeah. And I always tell people like being born in 94, uh, I'm not really a 90s kid. I'm more no. of a 2000s kid that um, dabbled in the 90s. And even in the early 2000s, a lot of popular culture from the 90s spilled over. Mm-hmm. So as I was, you know, outside and this is you know most of my memories being outside playing around is preschool like not preschool but before school mm-hmm. and uh so once i got to school age my brain started firing towards pokemon towards Yu-Gi-Oh, mm-hmm. uh all that you know trading card stuff it, it's funny because like the same bug that can make you like fall in love with alcohol or gambling or any kind of other addiction is really what trading cards are built on yeah. and anything that's collectible the idea that somebody else has it and you want it you oh, know yeah. like they always say that the first um the first bank was basically just people bartering you know yeah uh, so that's kind of when my childhood went from there there's all kinds of fun things i can do outside to look at these crazy commercials on tv i want that i want this my brother passed me down Ninja Turtle stuff and Power Rangers and it was just it was a really fun time. I think my first memories of having toys and figures and things like that was um early Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers, so those are the ones that stick out the most. Mm-hmm. And then my first purchase was uh Pokemon cards. So Yeah, for that sure. That was my first introduction into the collectible world. I think um when I look back, like mine, I, I used to really love, I, I mean, all kids do, all kids love Batman, but I had like a lot of like Batman toys growing up. Um, I also had like, when I, when I look at like professional, when I say professional wrestling was like the thing, it's, it's because it really was, that was where everything kind of like my imagination like really reached its peak <laughs> like, that's dangerous. through that like and it's because of that like that's where it peaked in my childhood like it's because of that that like I think the way I do now um so 
like for instance you know when we look at like figures like you said like kind of like when someone else has something that you want like you know you either if they're a friend of yours you know you kind of come up with maybe a trade deal or something or uh you know if it's like something that's just non-negotiable you're like well like i need something like that so like um when I really got into wrestling figures and specifically, like I really didn't play with much else. Like I was not playing with Power Rangers anymore. I was not playing with anything like that anymore. So, or Batman or Marvel for that matter. So what I thought was always like one of the funnier stories is that like, I remember uh, one of my friends got a Kane figure for those who know wrestling, you know, Kane. Uh, and it was just so cool. Like I was, I was like, oh man, like, cause Kane is awesome. Kane was like so intimidating of a yeah. you know, being scary. very scary. And I was like, man, I really need this for my fig fed. Like I, I need Kane horribly and I couldn't get it. And I, when we'd go to stores, there was no Kane anywhere. And I was like, what the heck am I going to do, man? <laughs> like I need a Kane like now. So I used for at least six months, <laughs> to eight months i used uh the red power ranger as my cane as for wow. <laughs> storyline purposes i needed cane <laughs> so i used the red power ranger as cane uh but like dude it worked it, it totally worked um and it, it's just man i have like so many fond like memories from that era like uh, I remember going to like Toys R Us and they used to have those like big like dump bins and that was like where the clearance stuff was. Uh, funny story with that is my dad bought me a Triple H and a Stone Cold figure for Christmas one year and it was literally like my favorite. The Triple H was like my favorite figure to play with um, and it wasn't even really because I loved Triple H. It was just I don't know what about it was so cool but it was just cool. Yeah. And one day I was playing with it and the head fell off. Like it broke. Like I was trying to do the pedigree <laughs> and the head just falls off and I was just devastated. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, like, man, this sucks. And I was like, wait, in a few weeks, I think we're going to like Toys R Us. And I was like, oh, okay. They have like the, the bins there. I can like check the bins because it's like where they put like the $5 things at. Uh, I wasn't able to go, but I told my mom, like, you know, hey, if, if there's a Triple H figure there, like, can you please get me one? You know, I, I specifically laid out the store and was like, there's $5 bins, like, right here. <laughs> See if there's a Triple H figure. She gets me, she she brings home this Triple H figure, and it's, I don't remember what the brand of it was. It was like, I think they were called the Flexums. <laughs> Flexum. But this Triple H figure was literally like the worst Triple H to use ever because it was like weird. Like the legs, I feel like were kind of like a normal plastic, but then the rest of the body was like this weird, like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like flesh tone, like flesh, actual little feel of flesh. <laughs> and it was like really weird and blown up. So like, while it did kind of look like Triple H, it was way too big. So like that was where I was like, oh man, like this, this sucks. So I went like a year without a Triple H and I was like, man, 
And I was like really into it. Like I actually had like figure fed. Like I was yeah. writing storylines as a kid. And I was like, what am I going to do, man? Like it was so weird because it's literally probably how Vince McMahon felt when like Triple H tore whatever it was back in the day and was like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to write this off? <laughs> how am I going to bill him when he gets back? If he gets back. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> um, going through it i was going through it man uh little seven-year-old me was insane um but yeah man i just have a lot of different memories um throughout that era specifically of like collecting wrestling action figures and going to the store um i remember one thing that I actually do remember pretty well because like I still collect action figures now but like I remember that like action figures back then actually did not cost that much comparatively speaking like that's actually yeah yeah it, it kind of blew my mind like um I remember my sister when she got like one of her first jobs she took me to the store and they had this um it was a playset, and it was like a backstage area for wrestling that had like barrels you could put in, and then like you could have one of the figures kick the thing, and then the barrels fall out. Yeah, whatever had like a drawstring thing, and it was it was, it was kind of neat, man. And that was like ten bucks, and it was like this humongous, elaborate setup that you had to like build, put together. It was like ten bucks, and like. Just figures themselves. It seemed like they were like maybe somewhere between six to twelve bucks. Now it's like twenty bucks for, you know, that's like the bare minimum that you're getting. Yeah, the collectible nature of them has increased over the years, and so instead of being just a toy to play with, that's seen as a collectible before it ever even leaves the the shop. Yeah. So it's just a different ball game, and yeah, when we were younger, it was just how can we play with these things and have the best time ever. Uh, and I know some kids nowadays still feel the exact same, but some kids early on are starting to know the value of them monetarily. Um, and I was talking to one of my coworkers he said his kid just like grabs a tissue, uses it once and then throws it on the floor. And I'm like, well, that's cause they don't, they don't understand that that has a monetary value. It just keeps popping up and they just keep using it. And it's the same thing with toys. Mm-hmm. Like they're just fun things to do, whether it's a $300 toy mm-hmm. or a $2 toy most kids will treat it the same yeah so that's why the majority of the time you can't price these action figures super high um, unless it's like some special edition thing Mm -hmm. and it just seems like nowadays they just raised it because the parents are the ones buying it as much as the kids um, and not buying it for themselves i should say yeah like all the kids that grew up in the 80s 70s you know when these um, toys are being made are nostalgic and have this money, this income now. And so they're able to actually buy these figures and collect them. Yeah. And I mean, it's one of the things that I like to do now. Like I don't actually, I don't collect anything that I had back in the day, back when I was a kid. But as I was like preparing for this episode, I went back and like looked at some of the things that I had as a kid and I'm like, Whoa, like, 
it would actually be kind of cool if I had that again, just to say that, oh, this is the same thing that I had when I was growing up. Right. And, but then I looked at the price, like, oh my gosh, dude. Whole different ballgame. Whole different ballgame. Like, I, when did this stuff become, like, crazy? Like, I had the, uh, for example, here's a good one. Like, I literally have this pulled up on eBay, ready to go. That's how prepared I was. <laughs> um the raw is war entrance and like like the whole stage and the ramp right it, it, it's awesome and it's like perfect like it's it's scaled and it's it looks awesome uh around 280 wow that was probably 25 bucks when it was released maybe 30 um Similarly, the SmackDown stage, uh, 160, which was probably around the same price tag, maybe a little cheaper because it was smaller. Um, one really cool memory that I do have too is the ring. Like I don't know, uh, anyone who <laughs> anyone out there listening that actually like loved wrestling like that uh, and had wrestling figures as a kid, if you had a ring, you know exactly how hard. It was to like number one put it together, <laughs> number two maintain it over time because wow, uh, I was looking at like the ring that I had when I was a kid. Number one that went up in price a lot too, like astronomically. And once again, I think my sister bought that for me when I for twenty bucks. <laughs> um, but like, you had to like, I'm pretty sure you had to like tie the ropes together. And then attach them one by one. Uh, and then the posts had to be in at a certain angle in a certain way or else it would just like fall apart. And then you have to start all over again and hope that nothing broke. Um, man, like just looking at the pictures of things just flood, like all these memories that I didn't even know I had like flooded back. Like, um, and it kind of made me realize too that like I didn't even realize how particular I was as a kid because I literally collected the exact same line of things because I was just like so like my brain was not I don't think it was normal for a kid to be like oh this scales perfectly with this so this is what <laughs> I need like <laughs> It, it was pretty insane, man. Like, um, uh, my cousin, he had, when I'd go, when we go to visit in Tennessee, he was also into a lot of the same things I was into. And, uh, he had a bunch of like the old, um, Jack's bone cruncher figures, which were awesome because like you could bend the knees and it would make like these bone crunching sounds. Um, and they're iconic. Like they're being collected like crazy right now i didn't realize that um the bone cruncher figures are awesome uh the old um wcw smash and slam figures i had a lot of those and i didn't even really watch wcw that much i just like liked bill goldberg and i liked sting <laughs> so um and randy savage um it's just crazy that like I knew after a while that like 
these wouldn't work with the Titantron figures. And then the Titantron figures would kind of work with the like uh, Ruthless Aggression figures. But like they were scaled differently. So like I don't know how many different versions of like Triple H and Shawn Michaels I had as a kid because I had a bone cruncher. <laughs> I had the uh, the Titantron or whatever and I had the the Ruthless Aggression. It was just crazy. But what I noticed too is that like toys back then things were so much more like innovative like they were actually thinking like more and more outside the box than they ever were like in the 80s they had like the uh ljn figures that were basically like statues that wouldn't move they were just like on one pose and then eventually we get the hasbros that like move and do like their own unique move but then you get to the bone crunchers and you can kind of move a little more and um, it was just crazy. Like as, as the more and more time goes on, you're seeing like toys become more and more like, uh, what is kind of thrown around now is toyetic and that like, number one, it pops, like it really looks good, but it plays well too. Like one of the biggest complaints that I had as a kid was like, you know, once again, Shawn Michaels like his finisher being the sweet chin music, none of the action figures would do that. <laughs> they would not like the hips wouldn't go out. So, you know, this, I, I actually, I never had, I don't think I had one growing up that would do that. Now all of them do that. doesn't even matter if that's even in their move set or not. Like they do that. Um, it's just crazy how far things have come. But like you said, I feel like nowadays toys aren't really something that kids are into anymore. Personally, like I think I think you can still like get a toy for a kid and they'll be happy with it and cool with it. But uh I think video games have obviously kind of taken over which, you know, both of us played a lot of video games growing up for sure. But um I think toys to me are just like more made for adults in a, in a weird way. Like it's kind of actually not even targeted at kids anymore. It's just like, Oh, you know, we, we kind of know our demographic now, so to say. Um, well, it's a lot harder too, because, um, when we were watching TV as kids, it was just a reality that you look, you know, you watch the commercials because there's commercials. Mm -hmm. There aren't commercials nowadays. There are, but no kids are watching regular TV or mm -hmm. very few. So it's a lot harder to target these wacky commercials to everybody, a large audience, because all of advertising nowadays is very targeted to specific groups of people. Mm -hmm. And if a mom is letting her kid use an iPad to watch their favorite TV show, how are you know the advertisers supposed to sneak in that uh, toy clip to the little kid in a constant way you know we were bombarded with you know zoo pals ring pop you know oh, water man. gun you know nerf whatever it was it was our childhood was full of those commercials and we just saw them all the time to the point where we would remember the jingles and we would see them in the store and go whoa i saw that on tv i really want it in person and they just don't have the same advertising opportunity nowadays so um, it has changed. It has grown. 
and now we see i think toys and you know stuff we had as a little kid have evolved into virtual and you know everything that's online Mm -hmm. so as we moved into the 2000s video games became more relevant and then as we moved into the 2010s video watching people play video games became more relevant so absolutely we've moved from the what can i do in person to that's boring i want to watch really exciting things on a screen all the time right i think and that's kind of where things kind of took a turn was i really got into video games like and uh i kind of fell out of wrestling you know, like we talk about it a lot, but like Eddie Guerrero's death um, and then losing Chris Benoit as well. Uh, it was just like events that like were too, like it was real life. So it was like too, too much. And personally, I had a lot of stuff going on at that point in my life too, like way too much for little 12 year old me to handle. So uh, I don't know. I just kind of fell out of love with wrestling and really fell into video games. But at the same time, always in the back of my mind, I would kind of think about action figures. Like I would play video games and I'd be like, oh, this would be a really cool action figure, you know? And for years, I kind of felt that way. Like um, I would play like Gears of War or Call of Duty or, you know, many different video games i loved metal gear solid growing up too that was one of my favorites resident evil and i was and i was always thinking like man like this would make like really cool action figures and i would totally buy them (laughs) even though i'm in high school and it's probably frowned upon at that point in life but like um i don't know i think eventually when i came back around as an adult and was like you know what like I don't even remember what the first purchase was as an adult of an action figure, but, um, I remember YouTube was such a huge thing and I remember seeing, uh, someone's video of them, uh, going on a trip to in a wrestling event where they were meeting like Bret Hart and Ric Flair or something like that and they got these action figures signed and it looked amazing like with a paint pen because paint pens are so much different than sharpies like sharpies have all these different colors and stuff and that's cool but like paint pen color really looks crazy good (laughs) on an action figure and I was like oh man like that looks sick so I think Uh, I I started looking for like different action figures of my favorite wrestlers so that like I was thinking well maybe one day I'll go to these events and I can meet them and have that memory and then also get something like that signed and it looks really cool and then I can always remember it when I see it that led into probably the biggest like rabbit hole of an adventure in my adult life because it started from that and now I don't even really collect anything that's wrestling related and it's like all Marvel now uh, Marvel and DC and Dragon Ball but like yep. it started really with Marvel too like I fell out of love with wrestling you know kind of came back to it and then 
looking at like Marvel stuff. I guess it was around. Uh, I think it was maybe around the time that like Thor Ragnarok was hitting theaters that uh, I saw like a Thor figure and I was like, dude, that actually looks a lot like Thor. <laughs> like that looks a lot like Chris Hemsworth. And I was like, yeah, I think I might actually buy that because I really loved the movie. Why not? And that started into not even collecting MCU figures anymore and collecting all the comic characters, which is crazy. But, like, it, it's weird how things kind of spiral like that. Um, when I look to, like, my, my current day, what I collect um, and why and where it all stemmed from, like... Like we were talking earlier about like articulation with like the wrestling action figures and not ever finding that Shawn Michaels figure that could actually do the super kick. Uh, had the same problem growing up with Spider-Man. Like every Spider-Man toy I ever had would not do the things that Spider-Man would normally do. And it was so infuriating to me because I could not like, I wanted to see it too. Like I wanted to make it happen. So I wanted to like move the legs in a certain ways and move the hands in a certain way to like make it actually really look like that and like pose it up and make it look cool. Um, I just couldn't do that with any Spider-Man figure until I was in my local comic book shop here. Uh, big shout out campus comics. That was where I spent a lot of time as a kid. Um, and they had like a Marvel legend figure there and I didn't even know what Marvel legends were, but I like, I saw it and I could see through the packaging that it like <laughs> was already in a crazy cool pose. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I got to have that dude. <laughs> I got to have that. So I got it and it was, yeah, it was everything that I hoped it would be. It was like the one Spider-Man toy that I had as a kid that I freaking loved. And it quickly became my favorite toy for a little while. Uh, and then years later, here I am collecting Marvel legends crazy how it comes back around yeah how many do you think you are up to now i'm not sure um because right now right now i mean i, I live in like a two bedroom so i have like a spare bedroom and i'm using that as like a kind of like a collection room so like when i'm having a rough day or whatever or if i just want to like vibe like i can just go into that room and kind of escape reality for a moment and um i moved a lot of stuff around so i should have things counted but i don't <laughs> um i think as far as villains are concerned i probably have 40 just in villains but villains are probably the smaller part of the collection <laughs> so i would say as far as Marvel goes, it'd probably be like 150. That would be a guess. And it's probably way off. Like, it's probably way more. <laughs> no, I mean, like, the the number, the 150 is probably way more than what I actually have. But I might be spot on. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to get back with you with an actual number. But, yeah. So... I guess as as you were growing up and we were, you know, collecting the the things that we were collecting. Mm -hmm. Um for me, 
it was becoming apparent that I was really liking shoes. So I started spending a lot of money on shoes in high school. Oh, and yeah. then when I had a little bit of disposable income in college, I got into the Marvel game myself. And um, I, I've i always been the type of person to kind of go all in with things uh, if I want to do something. So I um, spent some time looking for handmade items and 3D printed items and uh, was able to accumulate the collection that you can see um, on my wall. Uh, that's it's pretty, pretty sizable. Mm-hmm. And I love all that stuff. Um, some of my crown jewels are uh, Thanos's gauntlet, uh, Captain America's shield, Thor's hammer. So I, I love my stuff. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. It, it's a weird, different level of satisfaction when you get it as an adult because you have this it's there's a bit of sadness because you're like don't touch that don't play with it yeah it might break it's really expensive and yeah again when you're a kid you're just kind of like grabbing the stuff and having the time of your life like it's almost like watching toy story you know when the kids are just just playing with the toys and then they get older and then they look at the toys and they're like oh that was like a dollar fifty like <laughs> that doesn't mean that much to me anymore you know <laughs> yeah it is kind of crazy. Like I, I think of that sometimes. Um, and one of the the things that I love so much about collecting as an adult is the communities. You know, and you get on like social media, and there's like Facebook groups that have like thousands and thousands of different people that do the exact same thing that you do, and you all share that same passion. And uh, that's always been one of the funniest things about a, a collecting as an adult and everyone that collects action figures as an adult will tell you that like once you have stuff posed up and you go to a fellow collector's home, like you don't touch anything. <laughs> like, like, uh, I went good, good story. I went to my friend Ryan's house. He collects Marvel legends as well. And, uh, while I was there, I was like, admiring all this stuff and like looking at all this crazy cool like posing and all this stuff and then I like bumped and as soon as I bumped something I was like expletives (laughs) (laughs) just like (laughs) and like knocked over a few things and I was like oh god dude I'm so sorry man like because it's just I think we all kind of know that like we're like like it's fun it's cool for us to play with it and if we break it it's fine. Yeah, right. But like, if you come over to my house, man, and you knock over my Shinron and it breaks, I'm gonna be pissed, man. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of it's comical, man. There's a a really awesome series for those who don't know what it's like to collect action figures as an adult. Uh, I think his name, yeah, Shardimus Prime, on YouTube. Uh, he has like this um. Uh, series of videos i think it's like five videos long of just it's hilarious stuff because so much of it is true like it's obviously like enhanced by like you know just trying to be funny but like a lot of it's really true man that's how it is like uh there's a really funny skit of like his wife like nagging him for like to buy toilet paper, which is so relevant now in 2020 when coronavirus hit and everyone was clamoring for toilet paper 
but like she's begging him to buy toilet paper and he forgets to buy the toilet paper and buys action figures instead and he's like oh but i got this really sick action figure she's like what am i gonna wipe my butt with <laughs> like and there's like action figures sitting where the toilet paper would be <laughs> so oops yeah like i mean it's it's so funny man uh and it's once again it kind of speaks to like the psychological side of of collecting as well like there are actually a lot of people out there that like put that over basic needs which is kind of crazy but been there yeah you have to understand it to to know it <laughs> like um but I, I am kind of curious because I already have my answer for this and it's a lot easier to ask a question when you already have the counter answer. Sure. But what is something that I have that you actually kind of like? Shoot, I like all your stuff. Um, I mean, when it comes to your, your figures, when, when you uh, gave me a few Wakandans, uh, I just noticed like it just made everything kind of come together. So... I would say probably. Oh, that's right. I I want to get some Spider-Man stuff, I've, and your Spider-Man world is pretty good. Like it's a pretty good start. Yeah. You know, no, nobody can have the entire Spider-Man uh, Rogue Gallery or anything, but all the Spider-Man uh, bad guys you have, uh, I'm just picturing like a, some kind of nice centerpiece Spider-Man, and then surrounded by your crew and it's that's just that's what i wanted to do yeah it's so cool yeah i love that um i think the my favorite thing that i have is probably uh just because it took so long to get it's probably galactus the galactus, the galactus is, awesome. is awesome but my favorite thing that you have uh it's and i will start with this it's easy to say like thor's hammer or Cap's shield, because those are awesome. But my actual favorite thing of yours is the uh, the Winter Soldier book. Yeah, that's that's, the, cool. that's the coolest thing, dude. I love that so much. Like, and it's and it's weird, right? Because like Thor's hammer is awesome. Like your the hammer that you have, yeah. it's like weighted, feels awesome in your hand. Uh, Cap's shield is the same way. Like. And they're all like super screen accurate too, but like something about that notebook, man. Yeah, I don't know what it is. That's I think that's my favorite thing. It's very have. cool. It's weathered and um, on the inside, even though it's not what is in the actual book in the movie, um, which we're not really sure like entirely what's in that book. But um, it has uh, some good stuff in it, within it that gives you like background of characters that are involved in the the movie uh, Winter Soldier and you know, a little bit of civil war as well. And yeah, it's just fun. Um, I, I wanted to get the eye of, eye of Agamotto and I actually did. And think you know, with Etsy, it takes oh, forever yeah. to get your stuff Yeah, and, uh, just lost contact with the guy that sold it. So oh. fair enough, like $115 down the drain. It's all no, good. dude. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the reality of sometimes collecting and you're not sure who you're talking to. Yeah. Um, and they were like, well, I resent it three times. And I'm like, well, didn't come my way so <laughs> um it's all good now but That's, yeah my my collection's been a lot of fun um it's I, I would really like a place to put it at this point because um 
it's back at my mom's house and you know i would i would love to have it near me mm-hmm. or put up if i could get a, a podcast room for ourselves uh and and have everything kind of spread around that would be awesome but that's a uh, one day yeah and um yeah i guess my my bigger pur- purchases recently was uh teenage mutant ninja turtles turtles in time arcade one up um that Dude, was arcades. pretty cool. Yeah. Those are very sure. nice. Um and then I have a Marvel one, of yeah. course. And those are those are really cool. I can't wait to get those back into my uh place of living. Uh <laughs> same thing with the figures and the the collections. But I, yeah, yeah, I've I've grown to love my own version of collecting where I find things that I'm really into and then I kind of chase it mm-hmm. even if it's a little extra. Yeah, and that's like I don't know what my dream scenario would look like as far as like, uh, cause I, I already know, like it's one of those things, like you're at a certain age now where there's certain things that you do that you're just always going to do. And that's one of them. Like I'm just always going to have some kind of action figure collection yeah. around me. Uh, the problem is, limitations and uh what that's gonna look like in the future because uh you know one of and i always i always tell this to people when they contemplate this because this is a common thing with collecting anything is selling like i made i I sold everything i had one time and that was all it took to like realize to never do it again yeah like and so everything that i have now was acquired in like what two years maybe two and a half years so it's a lot of stuff man there's a lot of money (laughs) and that i wish i actually had back but at the same time like man it's so cool like i i can't like, uh, like I just can't see a time where I'm not collecting stuff like this. Like, um, I'm not going to lie. It gets really hard, especially with Dragon Ball stuff now recently. Um, everything being like exclusive and everything being like specifically exclusive to this one website or these other websites and then if you don't buy it if you don't pre-order it it jumps up in price like a thousand fold because you just didn't pre-order it it's almost like the whole like uh sneaker game right now like if you don't win the auctions or if you if you're not in that if it's not in your cart before it gets into the bots cart like you're not going to get those shoes (laughs) so you're you're pretty much screwed, and it, when you don't get those shoes for whatever that market price is, it doubles and triples within an hour. So it definitely gets hard. Like right now, some of the biggest things that I really want for my collection, I'm probably not going to get because it's they're exclusive uh, and they're made in Japan, shipped from Japan. So like. Yeah, it's it's incredibly difficult, and that would be like the Frieza Force, because like I grew up loving Dragon Ball. That was one of the first arcs that I ever remembered watching was the Namek arc, and 
the Freeds of Horse is awesome. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and Captain Ginyu and uh, Boulder, uh, was it? What's his name? Burger? Yeah, Goldo. The different characters. And it's crazy because they were only in like a handful of episodes. Like I went back and watched it. They're not in the series for very long at all. But like you need them. <laughs> it's it's very much like Marvel. Like some characters that uh, like just now, like the Shang-Chi wave of Marvel Legends just came out. We don't even really know who's going to be in the movie for that long. But like people are already like uh, buying them up. And so you don't even know what their relevance is to the story yet. And people are already. It's a completion more than um, excitement over the character sometimes. Yeah. In some ways, for sure. I will say the Frieza force, Ginyu force were very unique in their own way. Like, I don't think they could really replicate those characters because they're just so unique. Um, but yeah, I think as far as uh, Marvel, I think it's like probably 150. With Dragon Ball, it's probably a lot less than that, but still a lot. And with those figures, they're a little more expensive as well. So I'd say probably around like 50 would be a guesstimation of them on numbers for those um but yeah i i I love i love the way that your stuff looks as well like when the lights are on and everything's up like you have the lights reflecting off the shield and stuff like that it looks awesome like toys can look really awesome too and if you spend the money to make it look awesome it's obviously gonna look really good but I really like your stuff too, man. The props are awesome. Yeah, the shield is is probably the coolest thing I have. It's like the centerpiece. Yeah, I mean it's so big. I mean, it's, yeah. it's massive. It's heavy. It would like if if you attack somebody with it, you could do some really <laughs> big damage. I mean, it's steel. Yeah. Um, and then the hammer, not so much. Uh, it's you know it's only four pounds, which weighs enough to make you realize you're holding something relatively heavy mm-hmm. but uh you know if you started swinging it around it'd probably break in half who knows <laughs> yeah and the gauntlet is is awesome the gauntlet is handmade in somebody's garage um it's very cool uh, that might be my most favorite just thing to wield uh it's so much fun i love it um what was kind of your all-time favorite TV show uh, that was based on action figures? Based on action figures? Yeah, I mean, because that's effectively what they were. Because mm. back in the day, action figures were the money maker, and the TV shows were the advertising. Quickly, the the two that popped to my brain would be TMNT and Power Rangers, mm-hmm. and I really didn't watch too much Power Rangers, so I would say TMNT. Um, one of the coolest things I do remember from my childhood that I haven't watched since my childhood, and our friend Joey is probably going to tell me that it's not worth going back and don't ruin those memories by going back and watching the movie because it's probably horrible, but the uh, I don't remember what the name of it was. It was a Power Rangers movie, though. 
and like the whole premise was like the goo like the purple goo i don't know if you remember that or not that was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles no 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 it was that's oh, the not, secret not of the, the ooze. ooze okay that's so. the secret of the ooze but this is power rangers okay and there was like this purple like uh liquidy like sludge like flubber type situation they both had purple goo they do they, wow yeah um that's bold so did spongebob so did spongebob uh i don't remember what the name of the movie is i'll have to look it up but um i remember that specifically uh watching that movie quite a bit but uh tmnt was probably the show that i watched the most the yeah the show of the tmnt like the original one was a lot of fun um Mm -hmm. and i always vibed with the pizza like their pizza always looked amazing they made pizza look even better than it already is it was just like super cheesy the perfect amount of pepperoni and i mean a bunch of teenage mutant ninja turtles eating pepperoni pizza (laughs) yeah something about that that was incredible and then they made the live action and it was like it was so cool yeah um if you watch it first as an adult you'd probably hate it and think it's super cheesy but if you watch it as a kid then forever you're like appreciative of what it was for sure and i just i love that uh i remember having super nintendo and me and my sister would play uh turtles in time quite a bit uh so yeah man tmnt was awesome i loved tmnt um should we do icebreakers flipped this time i'm asking this if you'd like to are do you already have questions i yeah i'm not the open floor open floor all right all right um since we both come from this background who's your favorite wrestler of all time um there's a few different answers that would play well, but uh, Eddie Guerrero is, is definitely the, the number one. Uh, just as far as, like, he was on the very first show I ever watched um, and was probably the, the storyline that I held the, the closest um, relevance to. Just it was always exciting, and, and he was so good, and I developed an appreciation for him way after because I didn't know how good he was at wrestling. I just was entertained by him because he was like the bad guy and lying and cheating. And, but like <laughs> he's a bad guy that everybody loved. Yeah. And uh, it was so much fun to watch him wrestle. And then later on being able to watch his actual wrestling ability and technique and skill uh, once I was a little bit older and I could appreciate that, it's bar none, it's, it'd be Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, for sure. Um, like you said, I think there's – there's so many different answers and they're all right. <laughs> you know, uh, there's been a lot of really cool characters over the years. Um, I would say for me, um, there's probably three that come to mind right off the bat for me. And that's, uh, Ric Flair, Randy Savage, uh, and, definitely stone cold steve austin because when i first started watching wrestling stone cold was at like the like height of his career um and that was just such a cool like moment in time to be watching wrestling because literally the glass would shatter and thousands of people would go to their feet like just jump straight up off the chairs (laughs) like and it was such an awesome, awesome moment. It was every week. Like, 
when you watch wrestling now, you don't have that. I mean, obviously, because there's no fans in attendance now, but like, I don't think you really get that. Like, if, you know, insert superstar name here, enters the building, their music hits, not everyone in the entire arena stands up and is like jubilated. You know, Stone Cold was just that dude. Uh, but when I was a kid, I will say Shelton Benjamin was actually my favorite wrestler when I was a kid. He was, like you said, with Eddie Guerrero, he was one of the segments that like really stuck out to me. And when I was really actively watching, he was one that like was just starting to break through. So. Works for me. Sheldon mm-hmm. Benjamin was a beast. Yeah. Great, great college athlete too. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's your favorite turtle? Man, I didn't choose favorites when I was a kid. I was always, honestly, when I was a kid, I, I went by uh, name. I just thought Raphael's name was cool. Golly, like dude. That was it. Really? There was really nothing to it. I yeah. just like I liked saying Raphael and Michelangelo was cool too, but because Raphael was, is just Raph fun. was my favorite too. <laughs> like it's 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 strange. I feel like almost everyone gravitates towards Mikey because of his like, you know, and his character. He's just cool. Yeah, and he always says like the funny lines and stuff like that. But I always admired Raph. He was he was my guy. Yeah, and I didn't really break it down by personality. Like I thought they were all cool. I just knew I liked the the name Raphael. Yeah, Raphael. Sure. I mean, that yeah. makes sense. They are all That's named all after artists, like back in the day. I would think so. Raphael, uh, Donatello, Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci. There you Leonardo. Go. So DiCaprio. He's an Leonardo artist. Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. Uh, and final final question. And this is actually a really cool one. I liked this one. I've seen this in toy groups before. Uh, if an action figure was made of you, what are three items that action figure would come with? Three items my action figure would come with. Um, probably a TV. Yeah. <laughs> because I love watching movies. Um. Uh, a, a ball some kind of ball didn't really matter which one probably a basketball or a baseball or something I just always love tossing things around with my hand um, if if something's not in my hand I feel like I don't know what to do um, and then finally what else would I have Maybe pizza, uh, food, some kind of food item. <laughs> I, mean, I love to eat, so yeah, I, I need some kind of food to tell my story. Yeah, that's f- super similar to me as well. Mine, my three things would probably be uh, uh, a controller, um, pizza for sure. I love pizza. Pizza is the greatest thing ever. Uh, controller, pizza, and an action figure. So it would be an action figure that comes with an action figure accessory. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that would be the three things that would come with me. 
And if there was a fourth item, it would be a wallet with no money in it because I just spent it on pizza and an action figure. <laughs> that's that's the extended line. Yeah, that's the uh, exclusive. That's the uh, uh, what would it be? The uh, Target exclusive version of the action figure. <laughs> so. I guess the the last thing I'd be wondering is if you could go back and tell like young Spencer uh, one thing about collecting. Is there something that pops up uh, uh, relevant in your mind? Yeah, absolutely. This is actually something I've thought about, and it's purely because I'm a psychopath. But um, yeah, things that I look back on uh, the most when it comes to collecting action figures, uh, we, we kind of talked about like the ruthless aggression era, uh, which is so funny because WWE took literally one tagline from a wrestler who really hadn't even proved himself yet and branded that on everything. That era is called the ruthless aggression era. The action figures that were released in that time were called ruthless aggression. Mm -hmm. And John Cena had not even like broken through yet. Like, I don't even, he wasn't even rapper gimmick yet when he cut that promo. So like, yeah, it, it, that blows my mind. But in that time frame when I was really into the ruthless aggression, action, aggression, action figures, uh, there was a, like, uh, what would the word for that be? Like a subset of them that were in completely different packaging that were called the classic superstars. Uh, and they were basically exactly what they were. They were legends. And I specifically remember getting Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Mankind, because that was the first Mankind figure that I had that was like that cool looking. Um, there were several others, like a really cool Undertaker that I had as a kid. But... The biggest thing is that classic superstars figures are highly, highly like sought after now. Like a lot of people collect them. So my past self, I would definitely say buy one to play with, buy one to keep if you can. Uh, and just having that collecting mindset, because like we've said before in this episode, like kids really don't like take care of their stuff i took care of my stuff pretty well mm -hmm. but like i was still playing with them so um and so much so this is a funny memory that just popped in my head when i was playing with figures uh when i would do my wrestling fig feds uh when i would get to the big pay-per-view right and so like you're going all out with the show you've got you know, Triple H and Mankind in a Hell in a Cell match or whatever. Like, I learned, and I don't even know where I learned this from, but you remember the big Crayola markers that were, like, thick, right? Yeah. You remember how the back cap would come off? Like, not the actual cap for the marker itself, but the back of the marker was a cap. You could, you could take it off, it off and get the, uh, the, little, the ink inside of it, right? Yes. Yeah. I would... Buy, I went through a lot of red markers because I would I learned that I could use that and like Put blood. press it on the know. figure's face and it would bleed. It yeah. would make it bleed. And it didn't stain it. So it worked. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, you don't want to that you don't want to have that figure in your collection just like on on display for everyone to see. Right. So, um, yeah, I think if I was to go back and and tell my uh, past self something about collecting, it's just uh, to if you can buy one to save, like buy one to just like keep in the box and just like not touch it. Because one thing that I'll add, uh, looking back at all the stuff that I had and all that stuff, like doing the eBay searches and looking at all the figures that I had and looking at checklists, see what, you know, one thing that burns me up so much is when you have something, you sell it and then it shoots up in price. Yeah. Case in point, one set that I want to have so badly back because I had it a few years ago, actually. And you might actually remember it. Um, It was the deluxe classic two-pack of Eddie and Ray. It was from Halloween Havoc. Um, That specific set is now selling for like four or $500. Wow. Yeah. And I bought it when it, I bought it for $45 back then and just held on to it. And I think I sold it for like 80 or 90 and now it's up to that much. And it's not that people are asking for it. Like I'm checking the completed items, completed yeah. sales, which is the real way to market value mm-hmm. something. But yeah, 400 to $500. That's a lot. That's a lot of money, dude. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's probably my biggest regret is selling that because I loved it. You know, like, why did I sell it? I yeah. loved, that's one of my favorite matches to watch. Oh, it makes total sense. Um, do you have any last thoughts? What do you mean? Like, do you have any last thoughts? Oh, last thoughts. Yeah. Last thought. I thought you said something else. <laughs> uh, just don't sell. <laughs> don't sell. We're going to end on that note. Don't yeah. sell ever. That's a good good piece of advice like if you're going to collect something you're not collecting it to sell um unless unless that's your intent originally yeah um the value that you'll have for it in the long term is always worth more than you know that little bit of money that you're going to get along the way unless it's an emergency situation you just need money for your your health um then that's a totally different thing but yeah take care of what you get uh cherish it don't put it in front of your actual life um, but if it's cool to you, it's, it's cool enough, you know? So make sure as you're collecting all this stuff, you get what you love, not because it's cool. Um, they can be a combination of the two. If, if it's hot right now and you're just into it, go for it. Um, but make sure you're doing it out of a love of the game. And if you do end up selling it one day, then sell it once you've made a lot of memories with it. Mm-hmm. So with that, I want to say thank you to everybody for joining us. Uh, next episode, we're going to get into the making of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Very cool episode that Disney Plus released uh, this past Friday. And uh, so we'll be back in the Marvel Universe. And again, just thank you for all the support. We really appreciate it. If you could give us a like on our Facebook page, the Marvel Guys Podcast. Uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. And we will see you next time. Peace. <laughs>